Welcome to the Connect Raleigh podcast, where you hear the stories, the people, and the places that make Raleigh, North Carolina the best place to live. As one of the most connected people in town, real estate and networking expert Chuck Belden leverages his connections to introduce you to all the reasons why Raleigh is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. If you've lived in Raleigh for years or are thinking of moving here, this podcast is for you. It's local, it's authentic, and it's time to connect you with your host, Chuck Belden. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Connect Raleigh podcast. I am excited to bring you another conversation with my buddy, a repeat offender, a repeat guest to the Connect Raleigh podcast, uh, maybe the first one, I think. And um, it's an exciting time to be here in Raleigh, not just because Greg is here, but and just lots of excitement happening. You know, the real estate market is still crazy on fire right now. I saw a bit of a softening last month for home buyers, maybe getting an opportunity to get in the market that we're having some trouble before. Now is the opportunity if you're looking at a move to Raleigh to make things happen. Um, it's only gonna get tougher, I think. But let's put that aside and let's start talking to my buddy, Greg. How are you, buddy? Hey, man. Hey. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited you're here. Um, in our fancy studio last time we were in a pretty cool studio too i mean upstairs of raw i know this is uh i feel like uh i feel like a celebrity man i feel like i'm on uh you know the host of uh network television show well, well you are a celebrity i mean aren't you like like you know let's dive right into the the mc you're the mc of mcs around raleigh no you got think, a funny story with that don't you <laughs> well i think pre-pandemic yeah. i was uh you know, maybe a little more known, uh, the past year and a half I've been laying dormant, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I do here in Raleigh is, uh, MC events, um, and host different events around town. I've been very fortunate to do, uh, you know, everything from fashion shows at cam to, uh, concerts at Lincoln theater and, you know, kind of everything in between it's, uh, and the way I got into it is a funny story. Yeah, um, tell me that. So, uh, back in 2012, uh, my roommate at the time was, uh, bartending and he was going to be bartending for this event. And the person who was supposed to MC the event dropped out last minute. So without even, uh, alerting me to this, he told the event organizer, Hey, I've got the perfect guy for you. <laughs> and I had, um, I have some stage experience from like singing in high school and college and doing like a little theater, but I hadn't been on a stage in probably like a decade. Can you do some of that singing for us here today? No, I won't. Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, people want to listen to this podcast. They don't want to be turned off. <laughs> I don't know. I want to hear it. But anyway, yeah, keep going. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that on a separate podcast. Um, so my, my roommate uh, kind of nominated me to do this. And uh, it was like a date auction style uh, charity event where we were just like auctioning off dates uh, with people. And uh, I was just like, F it let's do it. You know, I don't, I got nothing going on. It's a Thursday night. And, uh, man, I had such a blast doing it. And the, uh, the organization that we were raising money for was the leukemia and lymphoma society of North Carolina. My dad's father, my grandfather, Saul, uh, passed away when my dad was 13 from leukemia. So it was an issue that sure. was, uh, close to home for me. So I was like, all right, I can, you know, talk shit, you know, can I curse? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. I, I can talk shit, uh, you know, and MC this event. You know, I've got nothing to lose. 
And so I did it and man, I just had a blast doing it. The event was a huge success and I've been very fortunate to have some of those opportunities uh, continue to come my way. That's awesome. You got a yeah. great personality to be up on stage. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. I'm trying to figure out how to uh, to turn that into more of like a stand-up comedy presence. Um, You've done stand-up. I've done it. You, you, you told me about that once before and yeah. to get up and just kind of do yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I feel very fortunate because I don't have uh, a lot of the fear that people have of just being on stage in front of people, like through the work that I do, through emceeing these events, just things I've done in my past. Like, I just don't have a fear of being in front of people. But like stand-up comedy, I treasure stand-up comedy. I've always been a fan of it since growing up. Like, I remember watching, you know, George Carlin and Eddie Murphy. It's really beautiful when you, when you watch it and pay attention to it and not just like listen to the jokes. For sure. Right? For sure, yeah. The art you, behind it. Yeah, because you learn like... Like I, I learn uh, a lot through just like absorbing through visualization, just seeing things. Um, so seeing how stand-up com- uh, comedians command the stage, um, interact with the audience, you know, pausing in certain places, letting applause go. I mean, it's just it's it's masterful. So I'm I'm my big goal for 2022 is to figure out how to transition into more of a stand-up comedy presence and actually honor the craft because um, I you know I've done it before I've maybe done it 20 times um, which is not a lot uh, in the grand scheme of things it's a lot um, to me holy smokes but like I would never I, I don't call myself a stand-up comedian I don't you know anything like that because I think there's like uh, you know there's some some roads I have to trailblaze yeah you gotta earn it right yeah I gotta earn it yeah yeah for sure I, I think that I, one of the things I love most about well certain style of comedy the thing that always i always get drawn to and i like the most is how a comedian can start off on something and weave it back into the whole bit like the whole 30 minute hour segment however long it is there's they come back to the this one thing whatever it is i don't know how it is but you know uh chappelle does it i've seen a a number of people do it um where you're just they start with something and then they go off and then all of a sudden the the final punchline or something takes you right back to the yeah. first joke. Yeah, you're you're like sitting there as the audience member being like, "How did we get here?" Yeah. And then they tie it all together. Um, so it's been it's been cool. So um, I have a podcast with a stand up comedian. You know Freddie, yeah, Freddie Valoy at Freddie Valoy on Instagram and, <laughs> and TikTok. He's yeah. um, but we have a we have a a comedy podcast called World Local News, where um, where we kind of get to riff and do bits on on local and world news um you know no no hiding hiding it in the title how did how did you start this i mean why did you start this let me ask you why so the we started this um because about three years ago uh, freddie has his own podcast called fred talk at fred talk um podcast and uh that's the hype man and you coming yeah, out yeah for sure so i was a guest on his podcast and it was the longest episode that he had had it was like two hours And, you know, we both left that podcast being like, man, we get along great, like great conversation. Let's do more shit. Yeah. And then um, and then when uh, the pandemic started uh, in in March, you know, everyone was kind of just sitting around like, you know, what do we do? Like, what's going on here? This is strange. And so Freddie and I started hopping on Instagram lives together and just having conversations and uh we were getting some some pretty good traction on that 
And then we were like, hey, you know, I think we've got something here. Let's turn it. You know, we have thoughtful conversations with each other all the time. We both like being silly. Um, and, you know, it was it was a good opportunity yeah. to at least try it. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We have we're silly. You know, we have thoughtful discussions. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just about being a little bit taking a more lighthearted approach to everything that's happening in the world. Cause everything seems is, like a good approach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, not, you know, we're not sugarcoating everything. Like obviously things are, are serious and there's a lot going on, but you know, just, uh, being it's heavy in, out there. It's heavy out there. Yeah. And so if we can provide some, some lightness to people, like one of the things that the both of us love doing is just making each other laugh, but making someone else laugh. Yeah. And, uh, and I think you can achieve that through, you know, that type of medium. So the funniest, the funniest stuff to me is when comedians or people in general, whoever, whomever, whoever, whomever, make themselves laugh. When, when, yeah. when someone cracks up at their own stuff, I crack up. For after sure. That. I love that. For sure. There, there's a clip that I, I'll send you after this, but there's a podcast called Two Bears, One Cave. And uh, it's two stand-up comedians. And, and they have this one riff where they make each other laugh so hard like it's so infectious um that i send it to like if you love that yeah you'll love it. send it i'll send it send I'll it, send it. Yeah, and i yeah. see you're repping a sweet hat today the uh yeah, man our buddy's uh new fitness studio that opened funny story i kind of mentioned to you earlier but i'll say it on the on the mic too that um i'm doing a podcast with him uh our next podcast actually is with matt yeah shout out to matt gulliver shout out to uh to the new gym he's opening up repping the brand gotta do it gotta support the homies that's right yeah for sure we got a good crew good. Well, hopefully he comes in here and starts talking about world local news if not <laughs> i'm gonna have to send him an invoice i'm sure he will <laughs> no sweet so um aside from the emceeing and the stand-up stuff like what do you do in your day job? Yeah, um, yeah, man, the, it's crazy. So um, I'm the chief success chief success officer at an education services company called BetaBox. Okay, what does chief success officer kind of entail? Yeah, so that's a great question. It's a great question. It's a cool name. It's a great name. Yeah. It's a great name. Um, really, I do um, business development, sales, marketing. Uh, relationship building, account management, you know, kind of a, a it's a, kind of a catch all title. All the things. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely don't do all the a things lot of the things. <laughs> there are so many moving parts. Once, no, be honest. You're the guy. You're running the show over there. <laughs> I will. I, I, I will boast when necessary. This is not, this is not the time. Things. No, I mean, you know, there are so many moving parts. Um, you know, when you're dealing with education, you know, you've got to coordinate with administrators, teachers, you, then you've got to actually do the work with the students and the teachers um, that we work with. And I have such an, we have, we have such an amazing team of people who, you know, do the operations. They actually go out in the field and work with the teachers and students. Um, we've been able to assemble just, uh, just an incredible team of people who believe in changing the way that education is done and creating better opportunities for uh, the world of education. Is that here just locally or what's that so, look like? So uh, we started in 2014 and it's wild that we're, you know, seven, seven years into this journey. I mean, truly uh, extremely grateful for that. You know, most companies, a lot of startups don't make it past a year. And so being around seven years in and growing is, is awesome. So we started primarily serving the North Carolina area. Uh, then we slowly started expanding into South Carolina, 
Then we started working with uh, bigger corporations and doing national programs. Um, now we've now we're kind of figuring out our niche of being uh, a partner to higher education, so university and colleges who have uh, programs that might have a K through 12 component, whether it be um, sparking interest in science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, maybe it's a career focus program that wants to expose students to the future of careers. Um, or maybe it's just they want to meet adult learners where they are. So we have uh, a number of products, but our kind of our, our flagship product are our mobile labs, our Betabots labs. So these are mobile technology labs that we'll bring to K through 12 campuses, colleges and universities, community centers, business sites. Um, and if we're working with students, you know, we'll bring curriculum, um, different experiences. Sometimes we call them on-site field trips, um, and we'll do those, you know, hmm. throughout whatever the duration that we're going to be at that place. Um, but you know, for um, for like workforce development type programs where it's more about job trainings, uh, getting certifications, doing upskilling, you know, we can create mobile facilities that brings those programs directly to where those learners are. So you're, you're a parent, I would imagine, you know, a big barrier every day is like, Hey, I got to get my kids to school or I got to get my kids to summer camp. I have a thousand barriers with my kids every single day. (laughs) For sure. But if you had one of those barriers removed, if there was a barrier in front of you having a better economic future and a program said, Hey Chuck, we're going to bring that service directly to you. We're going to make it easier. That's probably going to eliminate that barrier um, that so many parents across the nation have. And especially, you know, during this pandemic where, you know, kids are, learning, you know, maybe they're in a virtual setting, maybe they're in a hybrid setting and they go into the classroom and there's a COVID outbreak and they have to be home for a week. Like there are fluctuations and changes happening to the schedule. So being able to have a a mobile facility um, that you can bring directly to the learner, whether it be, you know, a student learner or an adult learner is pretty powerful. So we're, we're definitely, um, these university partnerships that we have, we have some in North Carolina, some in Alabama, some in Mississippi, some in South Carolina. Um, it allows us to reach a broader audience and, you know, you have kind of the backing of, you know, credible, credible universities. Right. Um, so that's been great. And, uh, so now, you know, we, our footprint has, I don't know, quadrupled, um, just in the span of a couple of years, you know, okay. we've been very fortunate through COVID to keep growing. Yeah. That was going to be my question was, you know, the last time you were on the podcast, we talked a lot about who you are, who you are as a person, what you did to lead up to this point, you know, everything you've done in the past, which people should go back and listen to that episode for sure. But this was pre COVID when we last talked. So like, what's been the silver lining? Like what have you guys done in the past 18 months? That's really been a positive that you've that yeah. you would that you would say no it's a great question so the good news the the good news and and we were kind of set up nicely for it is that we started making investments as a company into digital services um you know trying to 
translate something that usually happens in person with a hands-on component into a digital, mm-hmm. you know, into a digital world, right? Meeting the learner where they are. So we were fortunate that we had some stuff that we could offer to schools from a virtual uh, perspective right off the right off the jump. So you know, schools shut down. Hey, are you struggling for curriculum? We're going to create some free assets for schools because we just want to support schools, right? And if it ends up leading to a sale, great. If not, hey, you know, you just know that we're a trusted partner and we're going to be here for you in the future. Um, but we were very fortunate to have uh, a couple partners that still um, that were still charging ahead on projects, and they didn't need to have an in-person component um, while we were developing. Like there was a lot of curriculum development that needed to happen, so we could do that. You know. Um, not in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't, uh, what's, the, what's the term? <laughs> Virtually? Virtually, yeah, sure. I was thinking, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so we were very fortunate um, to develop that. And then, you know, slowly but surely, um, you know, some schools started to, to open back up. Some new programs started to, to come to fruition. And so we were just really, we, we stayed very di- diligent and focused on who we were already becoming as a company and we didn't deviate from that we stayed true to that and it's proven it's proven to be pretty successful um and hopefully you know as um you know hopefully as things start to roll back um to more normal times i think you know you could always have a conversation of whether we'll go back to what it was i don't Mm. think we will i think it'll be different but different isn't better or worse it's just hey this it's different and so now we've got a you know, stay on our path, recalibrate anything that we have to, but just stay focused on the mission, which yeah. is um, trying to impact as many uh, students and teachers as we can. So how do you go about doing that? Like, who are your who are your school partners or how do you connect with schools if you're not already in there? Or where are you? You know, we've got a lot of people that listen to this podcast from outside of Raleigh, definitely outside of North Carolina. Even. Sure. You know, I think I think something like 60 percent of my listeners are from outside of the state. That's but, awesome. But that tells that tells me that they're listening because they're interested in what's happening here in Raleigh, possibly considering a move. If they're inspired by this, they like what they're hearing and they want to be part of a, a school or an organization yes. that supports you. Where, where do they go or yeah, what do they do? So, so the, the big thing that we're tracking in North Carolina is is the passing of the state budget, um, because there's um, you know, there's a lot of federal covid related money. Um, that's out there that's, um, you know, being flagged for schools. And so, you know, the stroke of a budget passing, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for districts and schools to, to approach us, right? They're going to have big pockets of money. Um, you know, they, a lot of the districts and counties have applications, you know, you could submit an application for funding, but there's also huge pots of money available that they can use, um, and the primary focus is around um, what's called learning loss. So, the lost learning that has happened as a result of uh, you know having to go virtual, having to go hybrid during COVID. Yeah. So, you know, the way that we work with districts is really cool. So we take, um, you know, we take a very consultative approach. Um, we've seen so many different education services companies or product providers try to apply a one-size-fits-all approach and um, there's definitely some stuff in there that works right like broken clock is right twice a day <laughs> yeah. and I'm not saying that those sure. those companies are necessarily broken but but we, yours is better <laughs> we, 
Well, ours, ours, uh, our process allows us to address the individual needs of a district or county or an individual school. So we have each school that we work with, each district county that we work with, fill out a, what we call a needs assessment, a gap audit. And so we're going to say, hey, you know, you guys might be strong in the science and math portion, but maybe you don't have the technology uh, and engineering piece, right? And so we can custom tailor programs and services based on what the needs are. Um, you know, one of the things that I take a lot of pride on when I'm, you know, trying to sell people is that I don't, I don't just want your business for business sake. I want to do something that actually makes a difference. Um, so right off the bat, like any school or district or county or person that might be listening or anyone wants to forward this to a school, like complete the gap audit because that's, it's a free tool. We're going to understand your school a little bit better. And then what we do is we follow up with, um, like a zoom call or a webinar where we walk through that, uh, that audit really get a get a little bit deeper about what the needs are and then we custom tailor an action plan around that so okay. it might involve bringing the labs to campus it might involve uh having teachers at the school getting access to our educator memberships and our our online platform it might be our kit products um, it might be a combination of 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 all of it but we're really going to find out once we do that audit and we really get to know you because we don't want to just work with a district for one year, right? We want to work with them for 10 years and we want to be able to track how these programs are growing and developing over time and tracking the efficacy and the impact. Um, Cause if you're just, you know, if you're just trying to apply the one size fits all, you may get certain results and that may be enough to say, Hey, you know, let's bring these folks around next year. But if there's no, I feel like if there's no emotional component, like if you're not, like truly there as a genuine resource for the schools and the teachers that you work with, then it just becomes another thing. Yeah. And teachers are not only teachers, you know, their parents, their brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, you know, they're all of these things. And if you're just another thing on their plate, then forget it. But if you're something that genuinely improves the quality of how they deliver education, I mean, that's an emotional component that, I mean, you know, you've got, you've got, uh, an evangelist for life. Yeah. Where do they complete the audit? Is that on your website? Yeah. So you can go to betaboxlearning.com or k12.betaboxlearning.com and you can, uh, fill out that assessment. Um, and you know, those assessments go to our instructional coaching team, um, and they follow up and, and get people set up. But, so who should be filling that out? Like the, the, um, usually the main administrative yeah, person? Yeah, usually that's um, either someone, it's usually going to be someone at the admin level at an individual school, but there are uh, plenty of district and county level folks who have a full mastery and grasp over what's happening in their schools, yeah. and they could easily do that as well. Um you know, for us, we love working with districts because it gives us the opportunity to work with multiple schools. Um, but we always, you know, bring that same custom tailored 
approach to individual yeah. schools that reach out. So I might have um, possibly the dumbest question ever, which is okay these. for me. Okay. Dumb questions are my favorite. Okay, good. Because, yeah, I mean, then we're going to be, Remember, we're going to do I well have, here. I, you know, as super serious as I am about education, I also have a comedy podcast. So That's right. I'm down to get silly. All right, let's get, well, I didn't say silly. I said dumb. Okay, so that too. All right. So, um, so my kids love these things, these Kiwi boxes. Yeah, KiwiCo. Oh, KiwiCo. Great company. So does your company have any sort of take-home component like that that the, the kids can can take home, right? Not just be in yeah. a in a big container, but is there a smaller component yeah, to it? Yeah, for sure. So yeah. we have... We so have that Kiwi wasn't a dumb question? No, it wasn't a dumb right, question. It was that. a great question. I'm so and smart. you're such a great dad because KiwiCo, KiwiCo is a great company and they make great... Uh, they make great kids. My kids products. love that stuff. They make great products. I mean... I wish we, you know, what did we have as kids? We had Legos. Yep. And <laughs> I think that was it. Legos. Uh, yeah. Syringes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, broken glass. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Throwing rocks, throwing rocks, rocks at, at warehouses <laughs> yeah. on the train tracks. That's, that's how I grew up, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the mean streets. Yep. Um, no, it's a great question. So we have kid products that you know, parents can purchase. Typically, typically we're, you know, more so distributing those through schools. Um, and, um, so when we sell them to schools, we call them class packs and, you know, they'll get in a certain number of these kits so that they can do it in their classroom and they get all of the curriculum and standards aligned lessons plans and tutorial videos and all that good stuff. Instructional coaching, uh, one-to-one -one instructional mm. coaching, professional development, um, so yeah, so yes, we, we do those things for sure. And, um, you know, what made, this was one of the cool things that we did, um, once the pandemic started, which was how do we take our, the things that we're transitioning to a virtual offering, but still include a hands-on component. So sometimes when we do virtual instruction, we'll ship a hands-on component to the, the kids, to the school nice. directly so that as they're doing this virtually, they also have that hands-on component. There was a great example. So we did um, uh, one of the university partnerships that we have, Fayetteville State University, um, you know, just about an hour away from, from Raleigh. Uh, we built a custom uh, summer camp for them. So it was a month-long program where we had uh, two cohorts of students that, and each cohort we had for two weeks. So in uh, the first week, we did our self-driving car kit um, and we, we uh, instructed virtually and it was awesome. Self-driving car kit. Correct. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think my teammates would probably prefer I call it our <laughs> robot car kit, but self-driving car sounds awesome. Man. So sorry guys. I can picture it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use all those fancy terms. Like exactly. I, I get you. So, um, so it was awesome. I mean, it was so cool to, um, you know, I would hop in on the zooms and, you know, all the kids are sitting there building their cars. They're following along on the student portal side uh, on the website. Just super cool. Then the second week we have um, it's kind of like an electrical uh, technician uh, kit that we have. Um, and so in that second week, the you know, the kids did that. And that was amazing. And um, there's just something um, very cool about seeing a kid like when it clicks mm -hmm. and they get it. I'm sure you've seen that when your kids are building their KiwiCo things, right? I'd like to see it more, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Maybe you just get them a robot. Car That's right. From <laughs> um, 
but see, but getting to see all of those kids, you know, click with it, and then the second cohort went through, and it was just, it was just awesome. So that, um, so that was great for us to know that, hey, if we need to deliver these things in a hybrid format, um, and still have the hands-on component, we can do that. Um, so that was a huge, um, I give huge kudos to to the, to the team for being able to to do that, and um, you know, now that has become like something that. If, if any school or university or whoever wants to, they need, you know, a summer camp or something like that, we can deliver. And what's cool about the growth of the company is like, you know, I think early on, you know, you, uh, you, there are things that maybe you can do, maybe there's things that you can do, but you haven't done it yet. And you kind of cross your fingers and hope you can pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so confident in the team that we have now there's there's not a conversation that I've had for the last two years where I've talked about something that we could do for them that that I didn't think we could pull off, um, which is so which is so cool as a as, you know for any salesperson whether you know whether it's beta box or, or you know you're selling anything if if you know that you have a team behind yeah. you that can deliver the type of uh, stress relief yeah, absolutely. that you get from that is just incredible. Yeah, and the confidence. That's yeah. just amazing. So I, I've been talking now for a year and a half, and every episode we talk about the pandemic and we talk about it's virtual. I mean, it's not, yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's not yeah. boring. Boring, it, it's, it's tiring. I'm looking forward to not talking about it, right? Um, but it is what it is. And, you know, part of this, or a big part of this podcast is, it's about this area and it's about people moving here and there's so many people moving here and there's people still moving here now during a pandemic that are moving to a brand new place. They don't know many people. They're trying to make new relationships and new connections in a, in a city that is waking up from, from all of this. It, we're not in the same spot we were a year ago, but I mean, you walk down Fayetteville street right now and it's not it's what different. it's different, right? Yeah. So, and you live downtown and you're a, you know, you've been in Raleigh for a while um, what's, uh, what's life like these days coming, you know, hopefully towards a tail end of a pandemic here. What's it like, what's it like living downtown? Yeah, it's, it's very different. It's very different. And again, it's not a good or bad thing. Um, but what the past, so for me personally, as someone who's like been in front of people on stages and like had a, has, I guess, somewhat of a public persona, as you know, being in front of people, the past year and a half has been very uh, strange. Yeah, because I don't, I haven't had those. I had one opportunity to MC an event, but it was like three or four months in. Yeah, and I was just like, I, I, I don't want to do it. Um, like if I, if I have to be up there with a mask on, I don't want to do yeah. it. Um, that was kind of my my stance on it. So, so that has that has changed a lot. What it has allowed me to do personally is grow the comfortability levels that I have with myself. So increasing my self-awareness. Um, so like if I'm having a bad day, uh, being able to like be self-aware and isolate, like, all right, are you bummed out because like you're just home because this is a pandemic and like, you know, you're a single guy and there's just not much going on, you know, kind of the life force of emceeing events is gone. Um, but even like during good times being like, Hey, accept the good time. I'm, I'm terrible at stopping and smelling the roses. So like in good times, like the company beta has had success this past year and a half, being able to stop, 
smell the roses, appreciate like the gravity of what being successful means like during this time and being very grateful for it um, has grounded me to a new level um, where I am very at peace with the the just the fluctuation of how things have been changing the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm very much like a, uh, uh, I'm like Bruce Lee. I'm water. You know, I'm you must I'm, be like I'm, water. I'm flowing. I'm flowing with it, and I'm not allowing uh, outside influences to impact my own well-being. I'm always going to be my harshest critic and my own worst enemy. And so how do I harness that um, to grow during this time? And like, for sure, I'm not doing it on my own, right? Like I, I go to therapy. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of therapy. Heck yeah. Um, I think more people would benefit by doing it. And so that's all I'll say about that. I'm not here to you know force, force that on anyone, but that's been so huge for me um, you know, having someone who has my best interests in mind and is going to give me objective advice to make me the best version of myself that I can be. I mean, that's a huge asset for me. Um, but, you know, things have changed. Social circles have fluctuated. Um, you know, there's not as many things going on, but I also have less interest yeah. in things that I was interested in before. Um, I don't need to like do things just to do things anymore. I'm comfortable being home. I'm comfortable um, in my own. Th- yeah. Or I'm growing more comfortable in my own thoughts. It's well, what's a, a daily place? What's a uh, what's a what's a typical day look like as a downtown Raleigh resident in our current you know world yeah. that we live in? Um, when you're out and about. Like you can walk us through what sitting on your couch with your dog looks like if you want, but when you're out and about, <laughs> we can go yeah. to Instagram for that. Yeah, when yeah. when you're when you're out and about, where are some of your places that you stop by to you know kind of get that 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 buzz again from the people? I mean, there's no you know no better local establishment for me than Raleigh Raw. I mean, it's it's one of the foundations of my like being in Raleigh. So always always gonna support uh, Raleigh Raw for sure. Um, but like there's so many there are also cool things like Weaver Street Market um, is a is a downtown co-op market where like it's just a cool hub of downtown. Right. It's it's um, so that's a, that I won't wax poetic about them. They're not a sponsor of the podcast. Not yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> um, so I love supporting local restaurants as much as I can. Raleigh has an amazing food scene that doesn't seem to have slowed too much um, during this. Um, and then really what I've trying to be tried to focus on is promoting local creators. Um, cause I think that's an area where like more people can gain awareness in downtown is like, there's a lot of cool creatives downtown, whether it be music, art, like there's a, there's a band Nito, you know, you know, this band there a band Nito, like they're a huge staple of, of the Raleigh community and they're growing, right? So if like people in the community who support these people can like promote them and help them grow and help them expand or like uh, Taylor White is a, is a Raleigh, Raleigh-based muralist. Her work is incredible. Um, Matt Gulliver opening up a gym. Like I, there's nothing that I love more than supporting people who I know are doing great things 
for and in their community. There's a big, big, big culture of that in Raleigh, at least in, in my circle, in your circle. I, I hope it's everywhere. And if it's not, we're very lucky to be part of the communities that we're part of because it's very, very entrepreneurial and it's very collaborative and very supportive. And I love that too. I, I, there's, there's very little you know, tearing other people down around the people that I'm around and, and more of what can I do to support you? How can I help you? Like, let's help you, you know, blow this thing up kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think, I think you nailed it. I think that's, I think it's actually very unique to Raleigh. Not that there's, you know, not backstabbers and people who, you know, might smile on your face and say some stuff behind you're talking about Freddie, aren't you? Yeah, I'm talking about Freddie specifically watch out. (laughs) Um, but I think Raleigh, you know, one of the things that makes Raleigh such a cool area to move to especially is because there is what you just mentioned. There is a community here of people who want to lift each other up. And I haven't seen that in, in, I mean, I've lived in Philadelphia, DC. I've spent time in LA. I've been in communities in San Francisco and New York and, you know, all over the place. And it's unique here. It's different. It's, it's unique here. And I hope, I hope that as we, you know, start to come out of the pandemic even more, like that tight knit community that we probably felt more, you know, February, 2020 or early March, 2020 comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's still there, but I think everyone, you know, everyone's kind of got to feel out what their comfortability levels are for, uh, you know, coming out of the cave and reemerging into the world. Um, but, um, there, there does seem to be such a nice through line of community with all the different people that I've been fortunate to meet and either work with or collaborate with on events. Like there does seem to be this unique spirit here. Um, and like, obviously it's reflected in businesses saying like the Googles, the apples, the Amazon saying like, they're all coming. We should, we should be here. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's not just me and you saying it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It would be very funny if it was just us. It'd be very funny. Listen to us, Google. Yeah. Come on, Apple. Let's go. Tim Cook. I, I got a nice uh, two bedroom spot for you downtown. I, yeah, I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've got one last question for you yeah, and yeah. we'll wrap up. So You've got, uh, where'd you, you grew up in Philly, right? Grew up in Philadelphia. Okay. So one of your boys, girls, one of your friends from Philadelphia is thinking about moving to Raleigh and you're not going to be here the weekend. They're coming down to check things out. What are some things you tell them to do or see or places to go when you're not around? That's a great question. Cause I just had my older sister, brother-in-law and two nephews here for the first time. So I kind of, I kind of had to think through these stuff. All so, right. Um, I would say they've got a weekend. Yeah, definitely explore the food scene. Um, I mean, there are some like, there are some incredible, that's, that's the one thing about Raleigh when I moved here that I was so pleasantly surprised an amazing restaurant scene, like go to Cortez and have a great, uh, you know, uh, seafood dinner or go to uh, second empire or Stanberry or, you know, all these places definitely do that. Um, the proximity to like, uh, the Umstead, um, all the different trails and hiking, if that's your thing, uh, going to the North Carolina museum of art. Um, I mean, we have like, we have a world-class art museum here that is also situated on some of the most beautifully landscaped grounds like you'll ever see. Yeah. Like it's amazing. Um, man, even just, even just like walking downtown, 
like you go from like a populated block with you know tall buildings and then you go two blocks over and you're at the capitol building where there's so much history um then you could slide over to the uh the science museum you could go you know all, all these different things i mean i would just say plan everything around food at least that's how i do everything uh, i think that's great advice right? and there's such a um you can learn so much about a place through its food yes and it's people and the stories behind all of that and Raleigh, you could just strap on your walking shoes and in 72 hours, just, I mean, I need to do that. Like I've lived here yeah, for 14 let's years. Let's I do that. I need to do that. We need to yeah. just go for a walk and see where we end up. Absolutely. Like even like in the three or four block radius that we're in now, like there's like probably two or three James Beard award winners, like restaurants that are always on the list. Uh, you know, best new restaurants yeah. and things like that. I, so I would, I will give a, I will give a couple of specific shout outs uh, as far as restaurants are concerned. Uh, Raleigh raw for sure. Like start your day off and, you know, get a smoothie, get a coffee, get a, you know, acai bowl, whatever, poke bowl. Um, then there's, I don't know. Have you been out to the box yard yet? No. In RTP? No. So there's um, a new kind of like shipping container restaurant um, commerce style village that opened up. And uh, Chef Jake Wood, who was the original chef at Raleigh Raw, opened up a barbecue spot called Lawrence Barbecue. Um, go check Jake and Lawrence Barbecue out for sure. Um, they just opened like a tiki bar above it. Great cool. tip. Okay, great. Um, I'll also shout out uh, Chef Kevin Ruiz. Um, who's over at the Rockford, um, two, two places to definitely check out. Um, Rockford's one of my favorite all time places of Raleigh and Lawrence barbecue is new, but it's the food's incredible. Um, so I'll, I'll throw those Raleigh raw Lawrence barbecue, the Rockford. Um, those are three places I'll specifically shout out. I love it. So yeah. maybe me and you can go get some barbecue. I would love that, man. Well, why don't we get out of here and do that now? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for being here, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this episode, please visit us at connectraleigh.com. The Connect Raleigh podcast connects you to the amazing people and places of Raleigh, North Carolina. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with our guests and with Chuck. Be sure to rate this podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're currently listening, share it, and leave us a review. Thank you for connecting with Connect Raleigh.